Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jeremy Marriott, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. Today on the show, we've got a young lady who gave up her life in the UK to come to Australia to take up a role working as an events manager for Australia's biggest social media and business icon, Kerwin Ray. She organizes events all around Australia with over 500 attendees. She's going to give us some insight into her life and the organization required for these events. I'd like to welcome to the show, Claire Stevens. Hey, Claire, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeremy. How are you going? No, pretty good, pretty good. Um, just for our listeners, if you could just give them a brief description of, of, of what you do. Yeah, um, so I'm from Leeds in England originally, but um, I've moved over from there to Australia about four years ago. Um, and I currently um, work as a senior event manager at Cohen Ray. Um, so I've been there about three years and we um, basically have just had a pretty crazy time moving from live events into digital, which is a whole new field for me after been in the industry for 10 years. So yeah, we're working out the world of digital events now, which has been a pretty crazy ride, but it's fun. Sure <laughs> is. So did you, did you move over here for, for a specific job or do you come on holidays? No, I actually, um, I always wanted to move overseas. I never knew where. Um, and I was living in London at the time. So I lived in London for four years and London's a bit of a trap. It's like, you can't afford to save the money to actually leave. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was actually kind of blessed. I was in a job that I wasn't loving for about a year, which I got made redundant from. And the day I got made redundant, I looked at my bank account and I went, all right, I can afford to survive for a month. So I was like, where am I going to go? <laughs> and I looked at a map. I was like, it's either Canada, New Zealand or Australia. And Australia was hot at that time of year. So I thought. Definitely shows the best place. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't have a job or anything lined up when you came over? Nothing. I had one friend um, when I first got here and I um, actually stayed with her parents. So I had been over before. Um, just for a holiday and met her parents. So I stayed with them for the first month. Um, and they're like my Australian family now. Um, and yeah, I got myself set up in the first month and then it's just been history from there. But I sort of just jumped into part-time sort of like temporary jobs for a little bit, went and did my farm work um, and then <laughs> standard for it. So you had <laughs> to do your 88 days? Yeah, yeah, so that was fun. Um, but now I um, moved back to Sydney and it was actually shortly after that I started working with Cohen. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit challenging when I first got over here because I did have to sort of take that step back in my career. Um, but I just kept telling myself it's worth it because you're getting an experience in terms of life experience because, um, you know, you always compare yourself to your friends back home and you see them like doing heaps of stuff with their career or, you know, meeting people, starting families and all that. And it was kind of, I, was, I think it was 26 at the time. So it was at the age where friends were starting to do that. And I remember looking back and going, Oh, I'm going backwards in my life. But actually um, I just stopped and learned to just accept that that's what I've chosen to do. 
Mm. Um, and so everyone has that. their own journey. Exactly. That's yeah. It's kind of like definitely something I, I learned and accepted in that first year was that this is just my journey and what I want to do. And that's, and it, what anyone else wants to do, that's their choice and their journey. And yeah, everyone wants different stuff. Mm, they sure do. Everyone yeah. wants to be happy. Exactly. So the event, the, sorry to cut you off. That happens sometimes <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> With the events you were doing before in the UK, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that's what you were doing before. Yeah, yeah. So they were quite large, or yeah, so they varied. Um, I did because I worked for a couple of different companies in the UK, um, but they were predominantly they'd be between say like 200 to a thousand um but they were sort of um trade show type events so you'd have multiple events going on in one in one space so you'd have different rooms um you'd have sponsors in the middle some like exhibitions um and then a lot of the sponsors would actually provide speakers because they'd like to like have the opportunity to be on stage and and then, you know, when doing the exhibition, it's like a B2B networking thing. Um, and, yeah, and then we did a lot overseas as well because um, at the UK, we tend to travel a lot. So, um, you know, I did events in Europe, America, um, did one in Hong Kong as well. That was oh, fun. wow. What was um, Hong yeah, Kong like? So, um, yeah, interesting. I actually stayed there for a holiday afterwards um, and I travelled over to Macau for a day with a friend um, unfortunately, I went with a friend who is a very fussy eater, oh. so that made it a bit of a challenging trip, but um, no, it was funny. Um, but yeah, it was totally, I don't know, it wasn't what I was expecting, and it's got two kind of worlds almost, I feel like. Like, it's got its really modern world, and then it's got its older, like, more heritage yeah. world. But actually, Macau's more like a Spanish country, like, all the buildings are, like, pastel colours and... Yeah, it was, um, yeah, totally different to what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but. just Yeah, it just has a really nice duality, I think, you know. Uh, yeah. Have you been there? No. My, my, my Kung Fu school that I trained at um, used to go there all the time and, and bring back stuff, oh. but I never had the opportunity, unfortunately. Um, I never got invited. So oh. <laughs> all the young kids going over, they don't want the old man over. Yeah. <laughs> So you landed your dream job. Yeah, pretty much. Did you know it was your dream job at the time? I did. Once I got it, I did. I didn't know before. um, Because for me, like a really strong um, thing for me has been culture in a company. Um, I I worked in a company, my first, the first what I'd call real job out of uni um, was a really good family kind of culture and you know it was in some ways it was similar to Cohen but in other ways very different um but the the elements that I liked about that company I found in Cohen's whereas I had worked for other more like large corporate companies um and yeah and there there were just I didn't feel the culture I didn't feel bought into what we were doing and everything like that um yeah and so I what I did was when I found Kerwin I just thought 
it, it ticked all of my boxes from a cultural perspective. It was doing something that was sort of filled a, um, a lot of values of mine, like helping people and doing something with purpose and on purpose. Um, yeah, and it just, and I actually explained it to a really good friend of mine who I used to work with back in London and also lived with at one point. Mm-hmm. And when I was explaining it to her, she actually said to me, she was like, Claire, it sounds like that job was literally made for you. Like that company was made for you because, you know, she'd obviously known my history um, when I was back in London. Um, and yeah, I just felt, felt like I'd found like my family and obviously being overseas and been away from anyone that you know from childhood and growing up and everything it, it, that was really important to me as well as that family value because yeah and it is like a family i've been there three years now it feels like i've been there about 20 oh yeah <laughs> i know what you mean when I, I left at 19 my family to join the army and yeah uh, it's all over east coast so i had to go over east coast and then to darwin and, and uh i know what you mean you, you get a close bond pretty quick with good people you know with good yeah. culture but I had I've been to your offices and they are they are amazing. They're pretty awesome, hey. Yeah, for every, everyone. Uh, do you want to give us a quick description? Yeah, well, it's interesting because the offices you'll have seen are now about three times the size of the office that I started in. And oh. um, so we moved into those offices. Um, it would have been November two thousand seventeen, so almost I guess two and a half years ago. Um, so the first offices we were in were literally one main room, a side boardroom and a small little kitchen. And there was about, I think, 15 to 18 of us in there. And we were like full to the brim in this sort of tiny little office in Northern Sydney. And I, I get a bit sort of um, even, what's the word? Um, Claustrophobic. Sentimental when I like look back because I'm like, oh, oh, it was cute back then as well. But it's, it's, for me, it's been amazing to see the graph. And I remember the day we moved into our current offices and Kerwin did a tour around everything. And it's basically, it's, we've got like heaps of boardrooms, lots of little podcast room, pod rooms. We've got a podcast room, meditation room, a gym, a giant kitchen, um, ping pong tables, you know, usual stuff. But we've got... Um, <laughs> not, we've got not, any, not anywhere I've worked, the usual stuff. <laughs> Well, no, a ping pong table. Oh, just the like usual stuff, you know. Just a gym. <laughs> no, no, but we've um, we've actually got a fully fit gym. I was part of building the gym. I'd like to add. Um, do, do you visit yeah, the gym though? You may have built it, but do you visit I the do. gym? I'm massive on the gym. I'm the biggest advocate of the gym um, because Sebastian, uh, who you know, um, yeah, he's our, actually our previous guest. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin's very generous, and he brings in Sebastian twice a week, and Sebastian will do two training sessions on like Tuesday and Thursday each week and so the team get the opportunity to train because obviously Kevin's very um, focused on healthy lifestyle health fitness keeping fit and active you know that's how you can be there well it does lift your mental health to exercise they usually give that to like they they make return veterans with PTSD do a lot of um, exercise because it lifts up it improves their mental health they're both connected yeah, I, well, it was interesting. I found, because um, I used to be really in and out of exercise, I'd find it really hard to keep momentum with the kind of job I have because mm. it can be really full on and then you have a slightly quieter period and then it's really full on again. And I'd get really out of the um, sort of routine of going on a regular basis and keeping that routine. Like whenever I was coming up to an event, I'd just not go for two weeks before an event and then it'd take me a while to get back into it. Whereas 
when because it's in the office you literally have no excuse yeah you can't write that and he does like hit sessions and he'll literally walk in the office and be like come on claire get to the <laughs> get to the gym <laughs> Um, and so even the day before I have an event, I'll still do it because I'm like, I need, I need to do it. And I found that working out at lunchtime released a lot of like the stress and yeah, if you had any frustration or anything like that, it always made me feel better. And I'd, be, I'd go back to my desk and I'm like, okay, now I can crack on and fit, felt like I had a clearer head. Um, yeah. But we've still been doing them just virtually more recently. <laughs> so you've just you've just had to move, haven't you, again, from Sydney, your office or your working space? Yeah, well, I've just chosen to move. I didn't have to, but I chose to because, um, yeah, we're up in Byron now. So obviously loved Sydney. Um, but, That's yeah, Cohen and a few of the team relocated up here. We've been running a few of our um, – event broadcast like our digital events from up here so i just decided well if everyone else is going to live in byron i am <laughs> they are well thor lives up there doesn't he who doesn't chris hemsworth live up there you know thor oh, from, yeah, from the Marvel yeah no, thor i thought you i don't know what i thought you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's i actually ran into didn't run into him i ran into a pub where he walked in i clearly went to his local in oh, suffolk really? <laughs> Well, he's definitely very good looking in person. <laughs> yeah, I met him a few years ago um, when he was on Home and Away because I went to a private school uh, here and one of my friends was friends with Heath Ledger and um, he invited me over to a party, my mate who was mates with Heath, and he was there at the party. I didn't even know who he was there because he was only a little skinny dude, like he wasn't massive <laughs> like he is now. But, yeah, he, he seemed to be nice back then, so I'd say he's, from what I see, he's still Pretty good. So if you're listening, Chris, you're a good man. We like you. You get a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> so working with someone who's just like up all the time, do you find that your energy levels have lifted as well? Around Cohen? Yeah, around your whole team. Because from oh, the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. I think we definitely fuel each other. Um, yeah. for sure and you know that everyone has that is where their energy is lower and but we're also very conscious of that and like look out for each other and also support each other in saying do you need to like take a break like you know because mm-hmm. we are also high performers we'll just push through push through push through um and you sometimes sometimes you need that little push to like actually take take a break and um yeah look after yourself so that you can be keep performing at a high level um yeah but it was interesting i, I loved I, were you at march mastermind um one of our events that we do when we, yeah that's when we was, that's out. when the virus came out yeah like, so it's it a little bit virus. before the yeah. yeah it was a little bit before the government um had to sort of like made the call but we as a team decided we should obviously so we start the event off um two days at a venue um, with, I think it was around 300 people. Mm. And we decided we needed to take the social responsibility to a uh, decision to send everybody home. But in, a, I think it was about an hour and a half that night, we turned the event room into a um, studio to run digital events. Um, and then we ran the remaining two days as a digital event. And it was so funny because 
I feel like in a lot of scenarios, people will be like, what, this is crazy. And I'm used to event stress. Mm-hmm. It was like that to me, it's like a known stress. It's just kind of natural in a way now. But this was, I didn't feel any stress. I just felt like excitement. And I, I actually, we actually said it during the weekend. We were like, it was like we've been training for this. Like this is what we've been working towards mm-hmm. to be able to like do this to, and to do it like relatively well as well obviously it was all very like last minute turning it around in such a short space and you know we were like in a vein as we went and working out things problem solving and everything as we went um with much much more other things going on in the background Mm -hmm. like future events um so yeah it was I loved it. I like had the best weekend. I was like, <laughs> I think that was the most fun weekend uh, running an event, which you wouldn't probably expect with so much going on. Well, for um, our listeners, that's a, actually a business seminar where we have speakers come in and we're all small, small business owners. And it's, uh, it's one of the best things I've ever been to. But funny story, um, I was sitting down, Kermit had finished his talk and then I got a message from uh, about 20 people had tried to call me and I looked at my phone and the, and uh, the director I was on filming with had gone into isolation because he was suspected of having the the virus. So then I, oh, really? I walked straight out of the, the event cause I didn't want to be around anyone, obviously. Yeah. Wow. I told, told Lawrence and then, and then cause Kerwin said they might close down Sydney. So I just got in my car and, and, and drove back to Perth. Thankfully he didn't have it in the end because yeah. um, they closed down the, the, the movie set and everything. But yeah, it was um, very interesting. You know? I know it was such, it was such a crazy couple of weeks that that whole period, like not having a clue what was going to happen. Cause it was obviously before any lockdown had happened and yeah, just no one really knowing exactly what was going to happen. But um, yeah, it was really, I was really grateful to have been in the community that I was in, you know, within mm-hmm. Cohen and, the K2 Elite community because I felt like that was the best place to be at that time. Mm. You know, everyone kept calm, like went into contingency mode and just kind of got on with it. It was none of this, like, no, it never felt frantic. It never felt, mm. like I said, like stressful. It just was like, okay, let's solve the problem. You yeah. know, my yeah, company were all solution focused anyway. So that's yeah, it was. You know, well, you've yeah. got to really, in the end, if you're a business owner, you've got no choice. You have to sort it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how have you grown, do you think, since coming to Australia? Since coming to Australia? Wow. That's a big question. I definitely think I've grown in confidence. Like, I think I just know myself a lot better. Um, you know, I it was interesting just doing the farm work. I was on a, fa- a family farm and so I, I had my own space, but in the town that I was in, it was a population of 3000 people and no one my age lived around there. It was either like families or like elderly people. So it was a lot of time on my own, but which I'd never liked. I'd always lived in like big house shares and everything. I always wanted to live with lots of people. So that kind of forced me into that situation but I actually had, I loved it. I think it was really important for me. So I'm actually really grateful for the farm work experience. What, what um, kind of farm was it? Um, it was a ram farm, like sheep farm. Um, yeah. A ram, a ram farm? <laughs> well, apparently they're called rams. They're the, ma- the male are called rams. 
I don't know. <laughs> shape. shape. We just call them shape in England. Yeah. And was that um, for your 88 days? Yeah. Yeah. Days yeah. 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 So, but no, it was really good because then I came back and I was like, I actually want my own space. And I became a lot, I think I became a lot more independent. More already a pretty independent person, but yeah, like, but more like enjoying my own time and my own space a lot more and getting to know myself better. Um, yeah, and I think being in an environment like this where it's so focused on, you know, personal development, you know, mindset, like your mindset, just the things that we're exposed to, being around Cohen and the Care to Elite community and everything. Um, yeah, it's just such a unique environment to be around and it is sometimes hard to explain to outsiders so like your friends and stuff um you know you're trying to explain the culture I remember especially in the early days and they were like what like wh- what is this why do you love yeah. your job so much <laughs> and I'd be like you just don't understand you know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it makes you want to put in like you perform higher because you you're looking forward to going to work you know it's not like all of my friends i talk to they're like gotta go to work on monday and you know i went to your office and i was like oh i want to work at this place <laughs> it's nice when there's like pretty paintings on the wall and, mm. <laughs> and everything yeah not just a dirty old yeah. workshop full of broken down cars <laughs> but um your gm um pretty amazing as well isn't she Sorry, what was that? Your GM. GM. Oh, Marie. Oh, she's a bloody legend, is Marie. Fucking love her. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's great, yeah. She, I don't even know how to explain Marie. She is the, one of the most unique women I've met. And, um, yeah, she's very special. She's got such a huge heart. And, you know, everything she does for the community, like, she genuinely cares and... Yeah, I just, but she, but she's also so out there. And, you know, sometimes I think I, I, I've, I've got to know Marie. I remember in the early days, like, um, I feel like she's definitely opened up a lot more. Um, but she'll like open up to you a little bit and then, and you'll be like, oh yeah, I, get, I know, I know. And then she'll just open up to you a bit more and you're like, oh my God, you still managed to surprise me <laughs> like with what she comes out with. But um, yeah, I love her. Um, I have a great time with her. So you've moved, you, you've moved yourself permanently up to Byron, not just while this while the virus is going on? You're going to stay up? Yeah, there? that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful place there. to move to. And uh, well, it's not, I don't think there's been any other point in my career I didn't have to live in a big city. Yeah. You know, even Sydney's great, but, like, yeah, I've always had to live in a city to be able to work in events. So I was like, well, don't, I don't really have to now. <laughs> So, yeah, just travel when we've got events, I guess. And what does your, your family think of you being over here? Because uh, how old are you now? So you said you were 26 when you came over. So you must yeah, be I'm 29 30, 30, now. 29? No, I'm 29. <laughs> not 30 yet. <laughs> All over, I can tell you. I'm 10 years past that. Not, it's not far off. Um, it's all right. I'm 21 at heart still. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, um, my my family, my, it's so funny. My family got it like straight away. It was probably, my sister's the one that misses me the most for sure. Um, but my my mum's like the adventurous one and she just has always told me just like do what makes you happy. Like, mm. you know, 
but they've always been really supportive. It has been a little bit harder, I guess, as they, um, you know, like my brother and sister started having kids, get married, all that. Um, so it's been a bit harder when I've started, I've got like a niece and nephew now back home and my sister's expecting one soon. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit harder cause you just want to go home and like meet them and spend time. And, well, your, your sister's expecting one from you or she's no, pregnant? <laughs> she's expecting a baby. I was going to say, she's waiting <laughs> patiently. Yeah, um yeah no so um i've got i'm lucky i've got a very supportive family um and yeah it's it's so they make it easy um and if they didn't i'd just tell them to leave me alone and shut up (laughs) we're we're an northern family we say it how it is we're at northern yeah yeah i've been up to leeds did you live in did you live I, i when i was there i was in like staying with students where they had just like the building where there was a bedroom on uh, every floor and I was right at the top and had oh, to walk down all the stairs down to the common room. It sucked. <laughs> um, yeah. You'd have been in Heavenly, which is like student central. Mm. Um, yeah. I actually went to Le- uh, uni in Leeds because um, in England, a lot more people like move away from uni. Um, but the only reason I stayed was uh, because it was the best place to study events. Um, and for so, some reason, I decided I wanted to do events. So it's a university degree to to do events. Yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know what I wanted to do until I had a chat with my dad, and he said, "Well, what do you like?" It was very last minute. I never thought oh. I'd go to uni. My family, we don't like. I haven't got a family that have all gone to uni or anything. No. Like done things, gone to college or whatever instead. And yeah. um, yeah. But um just blue collar. Blue collar people. Just your family's blue collar, you mean? Like they're blue collar, they're just workers. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah um me. and and so I I didn't expect to go to Leeds and it was just kinda like the place I studied before that. And a lot of people were going and so I just started to think like what do I actually want to do? Because everyone seemed to know what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I um yeah, I just had a chat with my dad one day. I remember being sat in the car outside work. He goes, well, what do you like doing? I was like, I don't know, socialising. Like, you know, this is at like 17. I'm like, I don't know, going out. And he's like, have you ever thought about events? I didn't even know events was a degree because back in, like back then it had only been around like 10 years as a degree. So it was, um, I didn't even know you could study events. Um, so I looked into it and I was like, oh, it actually sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, I had a couple of friends who who did the event management for Big Day Out, and they yeah. just started as a, like uh, bar bar managers, and then went from there because I guess you've got to organise bands and and stuff like that. Yeah, bar, but then they just progressed. But no, neither of those guys had degrees. I know that for sure. Yeah, you don't need one. Um, it more just helps when you get a job to have a degree on you. Well, this is there. a long time ago because Big Day Out hasn't been around for. Oh, yeah a few years well now. this is the thing it's it's more just like you know like i think these days everyone just wants you to have a degree in something um to get a job but events i think is such a on the job learning experience mm-hmm. like i've grown so much more in the last like in my actual industry than i did in four years studying look luckily in the in the degree you do do a year work work placements so you do actually get work experience which was really good 
Um, so I enjoyed that bit. But um, yeah, because my mum would even say, we're not really an academic family. <laughs> you know, like we, we don't love studying, even though my mum's a primary school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's just, we, we're just more, I think like at least events, it's more of a vocational course. It's more like mm. a bit more hands-on which I want to, like, I thought about studying business and I just don't think I'd have had the interest because it would, it would be too much, like, studying and not enough of, like, because I like the creative side of it as well um, and, like, the hands-on, like, experience side. So, yeah. well, it's big business, really. You look at um, yeah. university degrees. I think uh, I was reading that the third largest income into Australia is actually um, student visas. Student visas. Yeah, they are like the third largest um, income into Australia. Behind, oh, really? Behind iron ore and, and, and something. I can't remember what the other one thing was. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, right. And it seems yeah. like just making degrees for, 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 for every everything now. For money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. For money. <laughs> you stay afloat, you know, especially yeah. if you can lock someone in for, for, for four years. Yeah. So how, yeah. how, uh, how do you enjoy dealing with the public? public mm. oh do you mean as in clients events uh not oh. not at events but pre pre clients you know what i mean like pre people that join do you ever have a problem oh. dealing with the public no i'm fine i'm mm. i i don't know i think i think in events you just naturally are quite a social person i think mm. and so when i come into contact with anyone i i find it really easy to just start a conversation, you know, as soon as you meet someone sort of thing. Um, and it's actually one of the things I love doing at events. And sometimes I get frustrated at events because I'm so tired at the end of a day. I'm like, I want to go and socialize. <laughs> and like, you know, if we've got like drinks reception or whatever's going on, I want to go socialize and actually like hang out with the attendees a little bit more. But then I'm just so exhausted and I'm like, I know I've got to be a put. 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> so, you, you came out in like, Hawaii, though, didn't you, when we were over there? Oh, yeah, I did. I forced myself sometimes, yeah. Yeah, Hawaii. I think it was a couple of nights before the event, though. That was it. And, yeah, I always come to the dinners, but I always end up leaving early. Oh, you missed out on the karaoke. <laughs> I'm not the <laughs> in. You missed out on the late-night karaoke. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I was going to come, but then, yeah, shoes. I don't think I could keep my eyes open anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so so when you when you do an event, what's the start time for you in the morning? Um, it can vary. Like um, like a standard start time can be sort of like five or six a.m. Um, but sometimes we look out a little bit, and if we don't have access to the venue the night or the day before to like bump in and set everything up because that takes quite a bit of time, we have had to do like two, three a.m. bump ins then run the event all day, go through to the night, and then finish. Yeah, it's, um, sometimes it's killer, but that's that's on the unlucky days. But then we do try and take, like, turns, like, just taking, like, a quick break, even if it's, like, half an hour, an hour here or there, just go, like, lie down for an hour if, if we get a chance. Mm. But it's it's live events, so it's... You, something, something always... If you're, if you're the event manager and, um, you know, you're, like, owning that event... <laughs> as in like responsible for it all that taking yourself away from that because it's an event and anything can happen it's so 
you don't fully obviously relax because you're like, what if this is happening? Or what if something's going wrong? I need to be there. <laughs> Even though someone else can deal with it. But it's just that. So yeah, that. Being the manager, you've got a few people under you then for the events? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have like, I have like the events team. Um, so there's uh, three girls in the events team. There's Meg, Sev and Aisha. Um, mm-hmm. So all events coordinators. Um, but then as a team, like, obviously it's not just the events team that run the events uh, or make the events happen because there's so many moving parts and like logistics and everything, all the tech side of stuff as well. So you've got like a production team, you've got K2 concierge or the customer loving team to support actually the attendees. Um, you've got obviously Cohen, he's pretty important being there. <laughs> Marie, you've got the speakers to manage, you've got um God, what else? This is endless. Crew, yeah, registration. So there's there's so much that goes on in the background that obviously nobody else sees that much of. Um yeah. So I just do. I just, uh, Cohen always explained it to me because I remember in my early days, he was like, you're doing too much. You need to actually um, manage the event rather than like get into the trenches. Yeah. And he always describes it kind of like, he's like, imagine you're the conductor of like an orchestra and he's like, you're managing all the moving parts, but you need to keep yourself here yeah, you can't go and your head clear so you can yeah. see it all and yeah, manage it all to make it all come together and work basically so i've got i found it really challenging in the beginning but i definitely think i've got a lot better at that um in the last couple of years um do you think yeah. you would have been on a podcast three years ago would you have said Hell no. No. i almost said no to really <laughs> yeah i was like what <laughs> no this is so far out of my comfort zone that's good Pushing boundaries. Yeah, well, that was why I did it because I was like, it's normally I'd be like, nah, it's too uncomfortable. You know, it's public speaking on a stage. That's like one of my biggest fears. And um, I've not really had to do that, but at no. the nearly scale events, when, when we were. Well, now, now you've said it on a podcast, no! you'll get, you'll get uh, challenged to do it. You know that now. No. Oh, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, I remember at Nisi, my first couple of Nisi's when I used to run them, um, we would be doing the crew training, you know, the big activities that we do in the room. And I had to get on stage and literally all I had to do was read some instructions. It was like the most basic task and then direct people into different parts of the room. And I was so nervous. And I was like, I, I'm just like, I was just laughing at me and my accent that no one understands. <laughs> I was like, get me off the stage, Marie. <laughs> yeah. Well, but... We're just about out of time, Claire. But it's it's been really good talking to you. You have a you have an interesting, very interesting story, even though you don't think oh, you do. And, <laughs> it's been great uh, chatting. Um, for our listeners out there, if there's one thing that you could tell the next generation, what would it be? Yep. Um, I think it would just be Follow your own path. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just do what makes you happy because at the end of the day, that's the only person that needs to be happy in your life. Yeah, so, yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, <laughs> thanks, Claire. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh. <laughs>